Okay, my degenerate friends, let's talk about the wonderful dark art of gambling. Yes, dancing with the point spread. Going two fists in all the way up to your elbows, wearing farm animal gloves. All right, that was weird. My point is, every game you watch is a little bit more spicy with something on it, you know? That's why you should get dialed in today at mybookie.ag. I've got an account, and you know what? I throw 10, 15, 20 bucks on stuff all the time. That's it. You can even bet less. MyBookie.ag is perfectly legal, and having worked with them for over two years, they are a rare exception of credibility in a sea of fly-by-nighters. And the handful of times anybody has had a problem, they take care of it right away. Why? Because I send one email, and they go, oh, we, we don't want to get this. We'll take care of this. Relax, everybody. You got me backing you up. NFL, college football, NBA, college hoops, PGA Tour, NHL, Premier League, everything but Bushkazi from Afghanistan, you can bet on it. Right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to a thousand additional dollars to put in play. Terms and restrictions do apply to bonus dollar matches. Read the website for details. Promo code is ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, to get that additional matching money. Get some sweet action in 2020. MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Today on the ZabeCast, Jarrah gets his man. And I think it's another Jason Garrett, only he wears bigger pants. Andy Poland joins me. We talk Brady's future, P-I-N-O-T, and what it means to be injury prone. That and my 60-second spoiler-free review of Adam Sandler's Uncut Gems. Your bonus, 30 minutes as Abe is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Oh, ho, 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 ho. Here we go! Tuesday, January 7, 2020, thank you. For downloading, let's get right to it. I apologize if I'd said this yesterday. I should keep better track of what I have talked about and the topics I have hit on the Zabecast. But I had this written down, and I don't recall delivering it, so let me do it here. What the NFL is right now, it's as powerful a drug as it's ever been. Maybe more powerful for reasons we could perhaps elaborate on at a later date. But because of these insane safety rules and things that you never think, you would have never thought in the NFL they would say a a crackback block was illegal or that just touching a quarterback was a penalty and on and on and concussion protocol being a thing and kicking off from places where there's almost no returns ever. But here we are in the NFL. So... You've got a wide variance in what is or is not called, and so it makes the product inconsistent. The product, as Kirk Cousins said, it's a hell of a product, but it is also very inconsistent. It's a strong drug, but it's inconsistent. And because of the officiating and because of the invisible hand of Alberto Riveron, who, let's hope if it's your team, that hand does not reach down and get you you you-know-where, it's... It's a product that is cut with a lot of impurities now as a drug. It's almost like a more powerful version of cocaine, but more dangerous because it's being cut with shit like uh, Comet Cleanser or 
How would you know what they cut cocaine with? Uh, I don't know. Watching the special on TV? Yeah, right. All right, carry on. It's being cut with Comet Cleanser and soap shavings and other dangerous shit. That's not dangerous. Okay, you get my point. It's a powerful drug, but it is more inconsistent. And and like a drug that kills more people, like, hey, man, you hear that, you know, this cocaine now, it's killing dudes on the street. Eddie got it last week, and Jimmy went down last. I got to get off this shit. I can't, though. It's too good. That's the NFL for you. It infuriates you and scares the shit out of you like a drug user going, man, this stuff's really dangerous now. It's very inconsistent. I better, I, I need to cut back, but I, I, I can't. I won't. Okay, got some react here. Feedback always welcome. Zabe at yahoo.com. Andy Poland waiting in the wings in the green room. We're going to get to him in just a second. John Butarazi says, Happy New Year, or should I say Happy Thanksgiving. Love the dog baseball team. We are a Black Lab family. I might put a lanky Great Dane at first base or even a pitcher. They can stretch. Coonhound would be a great manager. That dog is serious as hell. P.S. is Loserville anywhere near Dr. Pepper's Fansville. Happy to come out sometime to your neck of the woods. Youngest kid is away in college. Others are in the working world, so I've got the hall pass all day, every day. And I live within walking distance of your folks in the mean streets of McLean. John Boot Buterazzi. So there you go. Boom. Put him on the board. Another friend. See? Starting to pick up some steam here. This from Christopher Villanueva. Zabe, I had to pause the podcast and point out that this clown saying every five-yard increment on the Texans call, that would be, of course, Joe Tessitore, is amateurish. That's a radio deal, no? Because, you know, we don't have a picture on radio. To do that on a TV call is obnoxious. At no point does he let the play breathe like he should to let the pictures tell the story. We pay big money for the right to those pictures. We don't need him barking out 20, 15, 10, 5. He's insufferable. Sometimes I just need to get these things off my chest. Chris in Tampa, Florida. Thank you, Chris. I understand your take there. It is typically a radio mechanic or a radio concept to call it that way. Let's hear the call one more time. Watson, pressure off the edge. Watson! survives it and then checks down to Jones. Jones inside the 40, inside the 30, inside the 20 to the 10-yard run. Taiwan Jones to Sean Watson. Magical 34 yards. And the Buffalo Bills. So I like the call because the extra five-yard increments conveys a sense of tempo and speed and urgency and holy shit he's running catch that guy that's what the picking up of the tempo represents to me the 25 20 or or yeah here we go come on up oh, wrong button sorry hold on inside the 30 inside the 20 to the 10 yard one time finds it actually he does not go half yards either and then checks down to jones jones inside the Sean Watson, magical. 
tempo, urgency, inflection, I think they all add flavor to a call. Some would say it's over-flavoring. It is basically drowning an otherwise fine steak in A1 sauce. Others would say, I like a little bit of A1. It all depends on what you like. Of course, Pat Summerall was the great minimalist, and he prided himself on saying the least possible, and some would say that that is the best style. It is a stylistic preference that depends on who you are. This uh, email from Kevin in Milwaukee. Zabe, John Ronas may be your only friend, but FTG, how old is that guy? He sounds like he's 12. That was a cheap shot. He does sound young, but he's not. Anyway, cheap shot I know, but FTG, sincerely Kevin from Milwaukee. David Lindsay said, really? A dog baseball team? Doesn't that seem like more of a July topic? I'm like, yeah. Thank you very much for that. (laughs) It took, what, 10 minutes maybe, if that? Let's get stat of the day, and then let's get Andrew Poland in here and going. Here we go. Stand by. Stat of the day. The day. All right, this one from Ben Stecker. He says, since the NFL expanded to the wild card in 1978, the East, as in the AFC East, and the NFC East will not have a representative in the division round of the playoffs. That's a 41 year since stat. Behold! That's too loud. That's that's too loud right there. Wow. Interesting. 41 years that we have not had anyone from the NFC or AFC East in the division round. Hot take next up on ESPN. What's wrong with the East? Today's episode brought to you by MyBookie.ag, the official online gambling hangout of this, the ZabeCast. More lines on more games than you can imagine, more ways to play, fast payouts, outstanding customer service. MyBookie.ag has an easy interface. You can track your winnings and your bad beats. NFL playoffs are now here. Time to crush it. College hoops, now more upset heavy than ever. So let's clean up on some shockers in the winter. NBA looks like Lakers bucks in June, but hey, we can still make money on any given Tuesday throwing some heat at Grizzlies and Pelicans. <laughs> Sweet action. Promo code right now for 2020 is Zabe. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. Get half your deposit matched up to $1,000. Terms and restrictions apply and bonus money. See website for details. You don't have to be some whale like Mr. X and throw around $1,000 a night. You can be a little dink and dunker like me and nobody's gonna know. Or laugh at you. MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. If I'm not mistaken, the last time I spoke to you, Andrew Poland, uh-huh. Bruce Allen was still in charge of our beloved Washington Redskins, and neither one of us had much hope that he would be gone. Can you believe it, brother? Well, it's it's not just the exit of Bruce Allen. It's the way the exit went down. And a press release which didn't thank him for 10 years 
Nothing. He, he shot him, and then the capper was the news conference to introduce Ron Rivera, where Snyder said, we have to change the culture. culture. Right, and then he went to say the cultural <laughs> after yeah. that. I've uh, I've never seen a more skittish person in front of a podium than Dan Snyder looked in that presser. Yeah. It yeah. was shocking. And when people ask me, well, do you think the new coach is going to do well? And I say, I suppose maybe, but how can a team succeed with a guy like Snyder who comes off the way he comes off at the podium? How? Well, you know, he's he's had better press conferences. When I was getting ready for this one, I put together some audio from the previous ones, and he was all full of vim and vigor when he introduced – you know, the great one, when he when he brought Joe Gibbs back in 2004, he said, you know, my dad's smiling down on me, the coach of the Washington Redskins. Right. And maybe after all these years, he's got an idea how people feel about him. So that probably doesn't help him when he stands up there. And to to say happy Thanksgiving, I mean, that's like this is this is old school. But this is, is like we'll take you yeah. now to Washington. It's, it's like here. Um, Here. First off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah. Today's the beginning of a great new year for the Redskins organization. Great new year. You just fired your coach. You just yeah. fired your GM. What, what are you talking about, great new year? You finished with three wins. Right, and there's six weeks between Thanksgiving and New Year's. You just erased it? What I found even more disturbing was the quick uh, sort of counter-narrative put together by somebody on the staff that it was a joke that just didn't land. Yeah, yeah. Nobody buys that. Yeah, that that he was he was taking a shot at the Panthers because they beat him Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come know. on. And <laughs> yeah. I also I also made note of every uh outlet, official outlet of the Redskins and NBC Sports Washington cut that comment out of their clips. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Yeah, here yeah. you want to you want to hear how it sounded on the official Redskins site here. There's a new head coach of the Redskins. <laughs> That's exactly where it starts. Yeah. That's the edit. As a new head coach of the Redskins. That's yeah. NBC Sports Washington. What the Redskins have needed is a culture change. Someone that can bring a winning culture to organization. Winning Somebody cultural. that can bring a winning... Oh, God. Well, anyway, I'm glad Bruce is gone. And no thanks to him. They thanked Callahan for his five years. And I'm yeah. like, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, when when Vinny uh, got the when Vinny got the axe, he had the ability to resign. They let him do that, and then he sort of took a shot at Jim Zorn when he thanked all the other coaches for the great job they did while he was there. Didn't mention him, and then later on, Snyder said, "Yeah, well, Vinny was the one who convinced me that Zorn could be a good coach." Eventually, something's going to come out on Bruce Allen. There's going to be something that caused that ten years that's to the, wake up. That's the question. What yeah. comes out is there a back channel smear campaign? Is there whispers? Uh, does Bruce speak candidly at some point about what happened? Well, I don't know how the agreement reads. Uh, right. You know, yeah. So there could be that disclosure but... agreement. It must be a whopper of an NDA to get yeah. all the money that was owed to him. Yeah, so I mean, but I could see Bruce taking the first step, the preemptive, you know, he, before he throws me under the bus, let me throw him under the bus. Yeah. But I don't yeah, know. I think knows? I think he'll be quiet like Jay's been quiet and a good boy cuz Jay wants all his money. 
And I bet Snyder has really good NDA lawyers. And and the one thing that Snyder's lawsuit of the city paper and Dave McKenna did, mm-hmm. back people the fuck off just a bit, you know? Mm, yeah. even though he ended up dropping the suit, it was a major headache for those involved and cost the city paper a decent sum of money just to defend the initial stages of it. Right. He also blamed that on Tony Wiley. He said that Wiley was the one that told oh, him God. to sue the paper. So. It's always somebody else. It's always something yeah. else. So uh, let me get your temperature on Kirk. Did you feel good for Kirk winning the other day? Yeah, I, I did. Um, you know, I, I, I still don't think he's at the top of the top, but he certainly would have been good enough to hang on to. And uh, and I think I think that they're going to extend him. You know, he's he's going into the last year of his deal next year. Right. That was a quickie. And uh, I think they realize, yeah, he's he's not perfect. And there are times when Minnesota fans want to run him out of town. But this is the state of quarterbacking in the league. And we're seeing this changing of the guard now, you know, with Breeze and Brady. Yeah, I mean, they they may be able to hang on for a year or so, but they're 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 on their way out. And a guy who's what, thirty one? 32 maybe, right. you know, this, this is the guy you want to hang on to. Well, and he plays every game. That's the thing. Yeah, he doesn't miss thing. games. He's smart with how he gets hit, mm-hmm. and he takes care of his body, and he's very disciplined, and availability is the most underrated of abilities. So you got to yes. factor that into things as well. Oh, no, no question about it. I mean, I, I think, you know, he's, he's probably not a Hall of Fame quarterback, but he's a notch below and good enough to hang in there for quite a few years. The uh, Cowboys have hired Mike McCarthy. Yeah, this yeah. is this is the hot trend. No, did you notice last year's hot trend was pick oh, the youngest, no youngest, yeah. most handsome guy? Okay, Matt Lafleur, young and handsome. Zach mm-hmm. Taylor for the Bengals, young and handsome. If you're young and handsome, you had a real good shot of getting hired last year. This year, we've had two retreads so far. The Browns and the Giants are still open right now. Right, right. And and how about the, what everybody thought was the wave of the future where you've got the uh, great young guy in Sean McVay and the old Yoda in Wade Phillips. Wade's what, out. What a perfect combination. And <laughs> to save himself, uh, McVay had a gas him. He said, sorry, old man, we're moving on. Why, so, why, why does this keep happening to Wade, by the way? That he gets booted out? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean he's he's seventy two years old, and that probably doesn't help him. Nothing he can do about that. Well, you think that's age discrimination? Well, I think they look at him and they go, "Well, we had a bad year, and how many more are we going to go through on a guy who's seventy two years old?" I think that's but that's part of it. Can he coordinate though? Are I there... think he is. I yeah. think I think he can. Right. Uh, so, I... are there any people actually assessing the job performance of these guys? I don't know. Uh, look, the the Rams the Rams loaded up on defensive talent this year. They went for it uh, in that uh, in the trade and in free agency, and right. he didn't produce. The defense slipped. So, but then they go. started getting rid of some parts like Marcus Peters <coughs> mid season because yeah. right. he was a pain in the ass. Right, right, yeah. I mean, I think I think you, there's no real formula, and people fall in love with what's the next thing and. You know, this Lamar Jackson thing may last for a while, but we could be sitting here a year from now saying, yeah, that was really good last year, but right now it's not working anymore. You know, uh, it's funny you mentioned that. If Lamar were a stock, Mm -hmm. I would short it over the next two seasons. Yeah. 
And it, yeah. it it's hard to say that because it makes you come off as a hater. Mm-hmm. Some people will even call you a racist. <laughs> but logic says, and I said this about RG3 at his peak about eight games into his rookie season when he was completing 72% of his passes and yeah. he was running all over the place. This was before he got dump trucked by Haloti Nada. Mm-hmm. I said, look at these numbers. He's pegged the needle on what would be sort of the the sound barrier statistically for a quarterback. Like, I don't think you can be an 80% completion guy in the NFL. Breeze was 72 this year in a 11-game serving, right. um, but his yardage was down just a bit for what he normally has. And so I'm like, you know, RG3 is, is at his peak, and I, I asked on the air, I said, well, Surely you don't think that he's going to get better. Oh, he could. And I'm like, statistically better? It's impossible. Well, he'll get better overall as a player. Maybe Lamar Jackson does, but there has to be some corrections in how he's played defensively. There has to be some scrubbing of speed at some point when he takes a major wallop somehow. Right? Right. yeah, there, there's going to be an injury. You, you you don't hope for it, but the reality is he's he's going to suffer an injury, which RG three did and never really came back from it. Not just physically, but mentally. That's when he decided, as the story goes, right. when he got hit by Elodi Nada and he and his dad sat in the stands and watched Kirk beat the Cleveland without running the read option. They weren't going to do that anymore. The Griffins <laughs> Griffins weren't going to be a part of that. And, and so mentally he checked out and physically he wasn't the same. Now, maybe he's gotten some of that back, but he had a very serious de- In fact, The knee injury was, was bad, but it also revealed that the surgery that was done previously on that knee at Baylor, that was giving out too. So it was oh, a really? major reconstruction. Yeah, it was a whole, it was a whole, big deal and the fact that he didn't want to do it anymore and he couldn't do it as well physically led to where he is now where he's in a backup but you know i think there could be another act somebody he's gonna be a free agent at the end of the year and if especially if they win the super bowl and they do it with lamar jackson doing this somebody's gonna take another swing at him maybe not as a starter but bring him in for a good opportunity all right here's the million dollar question what's brady gonna do I think he's going to leave, and here's here's what I think is going to happen. Why? Uh, well, here's here's what's going. Here's the the. I don't know if you saw the Peter King quote from Bob Kraft. I did. Today. I did. Yeah, I, okay. I read the tea leaves the same way Peter King read the tea leaves. Well, I, here's the way I see it: is it is it that uh, Kraft goes to Belichick and he says, "Look, uh, Tom, he's like a son. He's he's given us six Super Bowls." And Belichick said, "Look, pal." I built this thing, getting rid of guys a year early rather than a year too late. He's Tom Brady, but he's diminishing. I got to move on. I got to have somebody can win. We're not going to invest $20 million and do this again because it's, it's something that's fading right now. And if you want him, you have him, but you don't have me. And you'll notice the Giants job is still open. And the big chatter in New York is Belichick's going back to the Giants to close out his career with a Super Bowl there. No way. Yeah, that's I think but I think Belichick is under contract. Uh, yeah, but I bet he's got something in there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if he writes on a napkin, I resign as the HC of the NEP. 
he's out. Yeah, yeah. I, I he said the same thing about the Jets. Ah, I just don't have the energy for this anymore. So he'll say that about the Patriots, and he'll resign. And then two days later, he'll wind up in New York and Kraft will go, "Hey, whoa, wait a minute." So just trade him back the draft pick he sent there when he got him from the Jets. So 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 you say Brady's going to leave? He's going to leave? Why? Because he no, I says, think, "Okay, go ahead." I, what I think is one of them is going to stay. And if Kraft is forced to make a choice, I think he's got to choose Belichick. Therefore, Brady leaves and he goes someplace else. Where, I'm not sure. San Diego, or not San Diego, but the Chargers, is an interesting idea because uh, he winds up in Los Angeles. It's kind of it's kind of like what happened in the NBA, that they're the Clippers, and the Clippers get the big prize. <laughs> it's such a shitty organization with such a shitty ownership in the Spanos group. Right. It would, right. I would have a hard time believing Brady would do that only because the Rams aren't open and uh, the LA thing makes sense. Hollywood, Tom, California, Tom going back to his roots, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. But I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. If you're yeah. the Patriots, do you keep them? Do you ride them into the ground? Uh, I, I think that's going to be up to Belichick. I think, I think they're going to, I don't know if Belichick at this point wants it. I, I, and he can't say that, but I, I think there's that sentiment there. And given how he's treated players over the years that he's had, Bill Walsh was famous for this. Bill Walsh would take a ball. Bill Walsh, people forget, say goodbye to Joe Montana. Joe Montana made Bill Walsh. Yes, okay, he had Steve Young. Uh, but Didn't Montana have a back injury that kept him out for an entire season? Almost two full years. He took a shot from Leonard Marshall in the championship game, 1990 season. He wound up playing one game over the next two years. How can you blame Walsh for getting out of the business when he didn't have his guy for two years? Okay, but the guy who gave him Super Bowls, who made Bill Walsh a Hall of Fame coach, says, I'd like to stay. And he goes, nope, you gots to go. And that's what happened. Now, Montana, people people look at this and they lump Montana in with, with Namath and Johnny Unitas. As, you know, they were just awful at the end of their careers. But he went to Kansas City, and at 38, he led them to the AFC Championship game. He wasn't bad in Kansas City at all. He wasn't Montana. No, he was not. He had some he was not thrilling bad. comebacks on Monday Night Football with the Chiefs. I remember them. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't hmm. bad. All right, two letters, two different topics. Right. P.I., and OT. I knew you were going to do this. P.I. <laughs> and OT. I give you no further guidance on this pop quiz. Well, start, with, think, start with P.I., Andy. Okay, because I think uh, based on our Twitter responses, we're on the same page on the OT. On the P.I., okay, did Kyle Rudolph push off? Yes, he probably did. But should it have been called? I don't think so. What happened last year to New Orleans was egregious. That was a mistake. That kept them out of the Super Bowl. This one was too close to call. And I know you're going to say, oh, yeah, your, your precious replay and all that. I know I know where you're going to go. But in this particular case, I don't think it was, it was poorly used. And now, it's true, during a game, they'll spend 20 minutes to see if a guy got a toe inbounds. Right. And they looked at this for 15 seconds and said, yep, all the angles are good, game over. I get it. But right. I, I still think that it was properly used. Yesterday. You you remember when replay was used by the officials on site. They would go over to a booth. 
right to look at their own work. And at some point, the league said, nah, let's take that out of their hands. Right. Also, replay used to only apply to very binary things. Mm-hmm. Was there a fumble? Was there not a fumble? Right. Catch or no catch, inbounds, out of bounds. P.I. is one of the most ink blot Rorschach test type calls ever. Because I believe that had the defender, Williams, T.J. Williams, been turned around looking at the ball, and had he been stiff-armed in the back with the exact same force, I would have screamed bloody murder, and I would have said, you have to flag that. What mitigated the call to me was that he didn't really turn to play the ball. Now, that's nowhere in the rule book regarding P.I. or Mm -hmm. O.P.I., but that sort of consideration to me should go into the stew of how you officiate a call. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But but this one, the one last year was the reason they put in the rule. This right. one, this one, if it happened last year, wouldn't have caused that kind of outrage. Right. Well, here's the thing. It's like we put in a law that said you're allowed to shoot a dangerous animal if it comes down the street towards you. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's a dangerous animal? Right. It's different for everybody. So if it's a wild, if it's a tiger that got loose from the zoo, of course, shoot it. Right. Right. That's right. what last year's call was. This was a really snarling dog that looked kind of mean, but eh, I don't know. May <laughs> not have may not have been a danger at all. But right. but I felt threatened. So there is no like the obvious calls to say, well, we have to have it in for the obvious and egregious calls. They don't label themselves obvious and egregious. And depending on who you are and how high a leverage the spot is in the game, it might be as egregious as it can get for you if you're the one that's being affected. So that's a bad thing. Over time, you and I are on the same page. You you battling Chick Hernandez on Twitter was quite the thing on Sunday. (laughs) Well, you know, I I I respect his opinion, but I knew I knew as soon as the game was over. Oh, poor old Drew Brees. Didn't get to touch the ball like last year in the AFC championship game. There was a little bit of that, but it was young Patrick Mahomes. It'll be OK. Right. Tom, Tom Brady. Now the old guy got screwed uh, under their view of this. My view is I like the old overtime rules. Good. I like that You flip a coin, Sun death. make a stop. If you don't make a stop and they kick a field goal. Good. Game over. Look, I, I watched live the longest game ever played, Kansas City Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins, Christmas Day, 1971. And Jan Stenrud, who became the first kicker to get into the Hall of Fame, missed two field goals before <laughs> Gary Apremian in the second overtime finally kicked one through. And both teams were stopping each other. And nobody said, oh, boy, the overtime rules are so unfair. It worked in that game. And it produced a classic. So, if if you if you wanted Drew Brees to have the ball, tell the freaking Saints to just all they had to do is hold them to a field goal. They could allow Minnesota to score and they would still get the ball. But right. no, they gave up a touchdown and defense is part of the game. Play the game. What they do in college is a joke. Yeah. They play they play four quarters of football and then they say, Oh, let's play three sets of tennis to decide this. Ridiculous. Just ridiculous. And I don't know what the numbers are on the college OT. But anecdotally, it seems like one overtime rarely settles it. Yeah. That inevitably it goes to two and three, and then you have to ratchet up 
what you have to do. Go for two, mandate this, blah, blah, blah. The number of utterly subprime ideas I saw floated around by otherwise serious people to me is insane. Like someone said, why don't you just play a whole nother quarter of yeah, regulation so football? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm like, quarter. and then what? What if it's tied after that? Yeah, right. And, you know, and, and, and for these, for the sake of television and all of us watching at home, we're already bumping into the next game almost at three hours and 40 minutes. Right. Right, right, and the concussion stuff. You're going to play more football, you know, you're going to, and, and guys are more tired at that point. Greater chance of injury. Is that what you want? Uh, it's just, no. it's just crazy. The the people, the fairies, as I call them, they're like, it's not fair. Yeah. It's so stupid. My my suggestion is go back to the original sudden death, but give the home team the ball first as part of their home field advantage, and then mm. you're done with it. I know you don't yeah. like that, Andy, but I'm telling you. Home field advantage. Why shouldn't that be one extra little cherry on top of your home field advantage? It's equitable. Better teams get home field, except in the wild card, which is a little wrinkle we could work out. But otherwise, regular season, you get eight and eight. And that way, you know, as the road team, what you're facing. If you kick a field goal to force overtime, you know the other team is going to get it. It's set. It's not random. That, to me, should address the fairies' argument about it's not fair. Right. Well, that that would that would then you could throw that back at Sean Payton, who I thought handled the end of regulation foolishly. Uh, use the timeout. You you left it in your pocket at the end of the game. You could have had an extra 10 seconds, right. 21 seconds at the end of the game to try and be aggressive and get to the end zone and win it in regulation. Instead, you futzed around and you tried a 49-yard field goal. Okay, you made it, but that's not a gimme even in the NFL. Sure. So that, that, that would have forced him, under your, under your idea, it would force him to be more aggressive at the end of the game. Right. Because his chance, yeah. You know, yeah. Or, or you could say the team that last led in the game gets the ball in overtime. This is not unlike the possession arrow in basketball. Yeah, yeah which Vital whines about all the time, but okay. Who does? Dick Vital. Hey, baby, I'm, I'm one bad eye. I can't see which way it's going. Hey. No, his son is, you work hard to get a tie-up, and then it goes to the other team because of an arrow. Not fair. <laughs> well, it's arbitrary, but at least it's equitable. That's all. And, and you know, they, they found that officials had a hard time administering a good jump ball because, right. it, you know, these guys jump so quick, and they've got all these crafty moves to kind of – you know, tip the ball on the way up, and, you know, it was just too hard. They're like, fuck it, yeah. arrow, possession arrow. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. All right, Carson Wentz got speared by Jadavion Clowney, no flag. Outrageous, if you ask me, considering how obsessed with safety the NFL has been. What is more interesting, though, is the secondary fights now going on on Twitter between Danny Cannell, former ESPNer, former Heisman winner Danny Cannell? No, but he was he was a good quarterback at Florida State. He didn't and, win and and he played in the pros for the Giants. Yeah, right? he played about six years in the NFL. All right, like so that. not a scrub. Arguments mm-hmm. on Twitter between Danny Cannell and Dan Orlovsky, the new Danny Cannell on ESPN, about whether or not Carson Wentz is quote injury prone. Andy, right? Have you seen well, this argument yeah, between the yeah, two of them? Yes, yes, I have it. And, and the and the rise of Orlovsky 
is really remarkable to me because most people associate him with one of the most boneheaded plays ever seen where yes. he ran out of the back of the end zone playing right. for the hapless 0-16 Lions. And to suddenly see him as some kind of a guru is really amazing. But, okay, uh, I, I didn't find the hit as egregious as, as you did. I think it was more of a bang-bang play. It was not Carson Wentz giving himself up. But as, he speared as, him with his helmet. Well, but he 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 did, but it was so quick. It doesn't and, matter. And went, but Wentz wasn't sliding. He Whatever was happened to heads up tackling, Andy? Well, that's that's a joke. Do you and remember when the league used to run uh, those commercials? I know, I know. They're taking the head out of Feet, the game and wings, yeah, buzz, yeah, uppercut. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they and they're showing the youth league. Look at the form tackling that they're doing. Look at Johnny. It, it was like saying, "Mama." It's okay to send your boys to football practice. Yeah. Well, look, uh, you know, I, I right, played so, at a very low level, but I'm telling you, you, you can, you, you don't, you don't have the time to stop and say, "Wait a minute, I'm about to have a collision with the head. Right. Let, me, let me twist here, and I'll, I'll form tackle around." No, doesn't work that way. Well, it's to me what's so infuriating, and then we'll get back to the Orlovsky versus uh, Wentz argument, or Orlovsky versus Canell argument, yeah. is that. They will have calls like the one in the Texans game on a crackback block, which is nothing more than bumping into somebody right. at a crowded supermarket that affected the outcome of the game because the Bills would have had a shot at about mm-hmm. a 54-yard field goal to win it. Yep. Uh, they call that, and then they don't call a hit that knocks out a quarterback uh, with, a, I think, a pretty blatant spear. But okay, and so it's so inconsistently applied. And then you got plays like Deshaun Watson escaping two on rushers that are doing a malachi crunch on him at full speed that's dangerous as fuck he just managed to escape it it's like being thrown out of a moving car flipping over and landing on your feet and brushing yourself off like well that was lucky yeah the game's insane it is insane it's glorious though god oh yeah i know it's a guilty pleasure but the reality is these guys are playing something that's going to ruin them down the road. It's it's, it's My like smoking Andy. three packs a day. Oh fuck! Are you still on this? Are you? <laughs> I, I look. I I understand it. I watch it. I love it. But it, it, it the the reality of the game is is not. It's not good for the participants. It's not. It's not good for you. But it's not what you're claiming it and others to be. For every ten sad sack cases you see trotted out. There is a hundred guys of the same age and same playing career that are just fine. You know that. Ron Jaworski used to say he had 34 concussions, and I thought he was one of the brightest analysts ESPN has ever had. I understand that. And he's dynamic. When I saw him at the the Army-Navy game, he was amazing. Dynamic, engaged, you name it. All right, back to this argument. So, so Cannell was saying, hey, man, I'm just saying Wentz might not be a guy that can sustain the rigors of a full NFL season. He hasn't played one yet. And Orlovsky is like, uh, with all due respect, anyone who says this should be embarrassed or should be ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> Whose side are you on? Is it right to question Carson Wentz's durability or yes. label him injury prone because of his short four-year history so far? Yeah. It, 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 look, he's, he, his team won a Super Bowl without him. Isn't that an indictment? They went to the playoffs. No, last no, no, year. no, no. It's the question: Is can you call a guy injury prone when he gets a concussion from a three hundred pound guy spearing him in the back of the head? Yes, because you can. because 
because I thought the way he was running on that play, he was running like a running back. We just talked about Kirk Cousins able to protect himself. Russell Wilson runs all the time, but he knows how to avoid danger. He didn't, he hasn't missed the game, right? So I, I think that, that Carson Wentz, part of it is the style he plays. And I've heard that for a couple of years now, that he's got to change the way he plays. How, Otherwise, is, how is he different than Big Ben? Uh, Big Ben... Big Ben doesn't really run, and he just sort of stands he, there. And, I think he scrambles. He's a scrambler yeah. like Wentz, not a runner. And I think he scrambles just as much as he does. But he, he stands there, and it's sort of like um, King Kong with a bunch <laughs> of fey rays hanging on him. Airplane, you know? Airplanes buzzing him, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, Get right. off me. <laughs> he's got he's got a linebacker. It's like when you're playing in the backyard with like a five year old nephews, and they're all grabbing you around the ankles and the arms, and you're moving and stuff. I mean, his his style to me, anyway, seems different than Carson Wentz. Yeah. By the way, I, did I did I complete your thought on the Mike McCarthy hire by Jerry in Dallas, and um, did, and your thoughts on Jason Garrett reportedly refusing to leave? A la Costanza. Mean? What did that mean? I heard. I heard. I heard <laughs> Glazer I was like, him. "It's the darndest thing. He won't leave. They've told him we're moving on, but he keeps showing up to the office." Well, he, he did have a contract through January fourteenth, and maybe he was saying that he was feeling was, you know, if I don't show up, Jerry's going to say, "Well, he had a contract, but he stopped showing up for work, so you know, we got to move on." I don't know. Anyway, do you like McCarthy as a hire? Um, I don't think it's a bad hire, but I, I, I think, look, he's, he came from an organization that didn't have an owner. Now right. he's got an Good owner point. who doesn't even really like it when the person he hires has success. I mean, he had the perfect setup. He and Jimmy could have won 10 Super Bowls. He wouldn't have been happy because Jimmy got all the credit. Do you so, think, do you think McCarthy can handle Dallas and Texas media. I mean, he goes from Green Bay, sleepy upstate Wisconsin to, uh, I mean, Dallas is not New York. It's not Boston. It's not Philly. But do you think they'll be, it'll be tough to handle that kind of level of scrutiny? No, I I don't think. I I, I worked in Dallas. I worked there when Skip Bayless was there trying to make a name for himself. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a pretty pretty soft market. They're older guys, but I, I, I just don't see it. I, okay. I think I think most of the anger is always there towards Jerry. I mean, that's yeah. you know they had Parcells there. You know they've had they've had good coaches. He just you know he's just Jerry. I saw uncut gems. Have you? Oh, you did. I did not. Did you like it? I really liked it. I thought it was good. very good. Not great. Um, it was compelling. It was interesting. I wouldn't say it has this overarching, hmm, that's really something to think about idea that wraps the whole movie up, but Adam Sandler was phenomenal, and you and I, I think you and I remember interviewing him at the Super Bowl. Oh, well, he he used to, and he was great about doing interviews with everybody, but he was selling some terrible movies over the years. He was. (laughs) He was, but I still thought it was cool, man. I'm a big Sandler guy. Because of things like the Lonesome Kicker song and obviously <laughs> Happy Gilmore. Yeah. And I don't care that a lot of his movies were deemed kind of a joke. I think there's excess and Ellers who have had worse shit than he has. Oh, he, he some of them were good. Like Big Daddy was a, was a really good movie. Wedding Singer. 
great yeah, I took great eighties movie. Yeah. Then he started making all these camp movies yeah, and, and he I just know. and he was pumping out too many and then he had like this band of guys who were his people and they were okay, but but now this is a this is not a comedy, right? This this role no. He plays no yeah. Jesus yeah. no. He, yeah, so I he plays a a degenerate gambling Jew jeweler <laughs> in the high hustle uh, New York Diamond District, and it's good. Like, would I hope you'll see it, Andy? We could book club it. Francis is in it, uh, and you know what? He did a great job. Really? Okay, good. He, his good. limited role, he was great. Yeah. Yeah, huh? I, I I like the way they chose him. This is cool. This may happen to you. They the, no. the guys who made the film, they're in their thirties, and they said, you know, your voice was in the cars. Our dad was driving us around all the time, and we just wanted that voice. And and you know, as as we've aged in this business, you've you've had it. I've had it. People come up to you and say, oh, I've been listening to you since I was you know eight or something. So, you know, you know, cool. what, you know, what trips me out is when people say, oh, my dad listened to you all the time when he was driving me to school. Right. Right. That's that's my exactly right. Dad, like Stevie Katz, young, young lady who is going to do great things in the industry, just graduated from college. Hell, just I'd say that about four years ago, she was working <laughs> with us out at Redskins Park. Yeah. She was like, oh, yeah, my dad's a huge fan. And I was like, oh, that's so great. That just, just makes me feel so. Well, look, they, when they were growing up, they couldn't drive. I know. So whoever's driving had control of the car. I think it's I think it's it's an honor when somebody says that to me. I love it. It's better than having people say, I have no idea who you are. Well, that's that's and, and that's why when I meet somebody, even if they're a sports fan, I never assume that they've heard me because that's the worst feeling in the world to act, you know, act like they know who you are and they have no idea. Exactly. All right, Andy. Happy Thanksgiving. It's a new era here in D.C. <laughs> I'm heading out for some big Black Friday sales. So I'll, I'll talk to you next week. See you, buddy. Bye. I'll end on this today. And I could have I could have teed it up for Andy, but I mean I just know what he would have said basically. Albert Hainsworth, who Andy Poland hates with the burning passion of ten thousand sons, because he is a bag of shit certified bad guy, a guy who grabs waitresses' titties, runs people off the road into near fatal accidents, lazy, lying piece of shit. Albert Hainsworth. Has done it again. Former Titans defensive tackle. Thank God they call him this on the Hill magazine. This is from thehill.com. They don't call him former Redskin tackle. Former Titans defensive tackle Albert Hainsworth posted an image on Instagram Sunday insinuating that Iran should strike the White House if the country chooses to attack the U.S. He took an aerial picture off the internet of the U.S., and in red pen drew a circle around the White House and the grounds and labeled it United States of America with an arrow at the White House and then not affiliated, not affiliated, not affiliated on all surrounding streets. Hainsworth wrote, if you're going to attack the U.S., well, here's a picture for you just trying to help us folks that aren't starting wars. Oh, my God the fucking stupidity that is rampant in this country is beyond belief. But not surprising from a guy 
like Albert Hainsworth. That will be a wrap for me today. Thank you to Andy for swinging on by. Thank you for listening and downloading. Tell a couple friends. Rate and review. Goose up that algorithm. I do appreciate it. Have yourself a great Tuesday, and we will see you next time. Okay, my degenerate friends, let's talk about the wonderful dark art of gambling. Yes, dancing with the point spread. Going two fists in all the way up to your elbows, wearing farm animal gloves. All right, that was weird. My point is, every game you watch is a little bit more spicy with something on it, you know? That's why you should get dialed in today at mybookie.ag. I've got an account, and you know what? I throw 10, 15, 20 bucks on stuff all the time. That's it. You can even bet less. MyBookie.ag is perfectly legal, and having worked with them for over two years, they are a rare exception of credibility in a sea of fly-by-nighters. And the handful of times anybody has had a problem, they take care of it right away. Why? Because I send one email, and they go, oh, we, we don't want to get this. We'll take care of this. Relax, everybody. You got me backing you up. NFL, college football, NBA, college hoops, PGA Tour, NHL, Premier League, everything but Bush Kazi from Afghanistan, you can bet on it. Right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to a thousand additional dollars to put in play. Terms and restrictions do apply to bonus dollar matches. Read the website for details. Promo code is ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, to get that additional matching money. Get some sweet action in 2020. MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid.